You're listening to Liberation News, the newspaper of the Party for Socialism and Liberation. Good evening. So as the Trump administration comes to a welcome end, the working class and poor face multiple crises in the United States. There is a political crisis, which will be spoken about shortly, but there is also an economic crisis, which largely encompasses hunger, housing, and health care. We have all seen the news with long lines at food banks. CBS News reports that renters owe $70 billion in back rent and as many as 40 million face eviction. There were more than 4,000 COVID-19 related deaths in the U.S. just yesterday, as Mari said, another record number. Distribution of the available vaccines has stalled. It never had to be like this. The People's Republic of China has virtually returned to normal less than a year following the initial outbreak. Socialist Cuba has had their economy devastated from a loss of tourism, but still protected the health and welfare of its population, as we saw brilliantly in the video just a moment ago. Despite harsh sanctions by the U.S., Venezuela's Bolivarian revolutionary government has managed the pandemic with only 1,000 total deaths. Remember in the U.S., 4,000 people died yesterday alone, more than 350,000 total. But even amongst capitalist countries, the U.S. has failed. In Canada, anybody who lost 50% of their income is eligible for $500 per week in payments for 26 weeks. And that's on top of stimulus checks of $2,000 per month for each resident earlier in the pandemic. The U.S. ranks last when compared to Britain and industrialized Western European countries. If those capitalist governments can assist their populations, the U.S., with the world's largest economy, can do more. The current patchwork of local government, nonprofit, and corporate handouts is not enough. The federal government has the authority and the resources at its disposal to provide what is needed, but we need to force them. I mentioned the response by the other capitalist countries. Recently, U.S. Congress passed another stimulus bill, only the second in nine months. There was the earlier CARES Act, which provided $1,200 direct payments and an additional $600 per week unemployment benefits through July, then reduced to 300. The cost of that bill was $2 trillion. The HEROES Act was never passed by the Senate, but was slated to provide $3 trillion in various programs on top of the $2 trillion CARES Act. This recent bill, at a cost of $908 billion, is less than half of the original CARES Act. And let's take a look at what that program entails. So there is $286 billion in direct aid, and that's split between the $600 stimulus check and $300 continued additional federal unemployment for 11 weeks. 
And I want to mention that even Trump tried to get a $2,000 check through, but Congress failed to do that. The, the actual biggest chunk of all is $325 billion for small business. And this is, this is mostly in forgivable loans. There's $82 billion for schools, which include elementary, secondary, and higher ed, and $69 billion for public health measures like vaccinations, testing, and contact tracing. There's $45 billion allocated for transportation and only $25 billion for rental assistance. And this also includes an extension on the CDC uh, moratorium on evictions, which will extend only through January 31st. There is $13 billion allocated for additional SNAP benefits. All told, if you take the $908 billion price tag and divide it by the 340 million people that live in the US, that comes out to approximately $2,670 per person in the US. That's a pretty paltry sum, especially compared to what other industrialized capitalist countries have done. And there's other stuff that they've put into the bill. There is a statement on the Dalai Lama's succession and reincarnation, and there is a total tax deduction for business lunches, which is up from 50%. And this bill goes to the first, includes no aid to states and municipalities. There has been talk of an additional stimulus bill under the Biden administration, and also California has announced a $600 stimulus check for low-income residents. These measures, although inadequate, can make a real difference, especially to a family in dire straits with no other income. It would be tone deaf to say otherwise, but still it is not nearly enough for many. As we know, there are many who are denied access to even this amount of assistance. Undocumented immigrants are not eligible, although some mixed status families can now qualify. This includes 16.7 million people who were denied the original $1,200, but still leaves out about 10 million people. And most of these 10 million people work and pay taxes and must continue to work many times unsafely through the pandemic. Biden had promised on day one to end a program that requires tens of thousands of asylum seekers, mainly from Central America, to await their U.S. immigration hearings in Mexico. But now he says creating a system to process thousands of asylum seekers will take months and simply says, trust me. Understandably, many people are happy to see Trump go. But as we can see from Wednesday's developments in Washington, D.C., it is the corporations and bankers that retain the real political control. They all immediately rush to make statements condemning the fascist insurrection. And with ours, most mutineering politicians fell in line. As we recognized before the election, if Biden were to win, his promise to the ruling class was to maintain the status quo, 
but there are tens of millions of people who voted for Biden to bring about change, change in the systemic racism that pervades every corner of society, change in the poverty that has only skyrocketed in the last year, change in the broken for-profit healthcare system that has failed in the face of this pandemic. Now is the time to rekindle those expectations for change and the ability of the masses to mobilize as we saw last summer in the national uprising against racism. We know that we will need to fight the Biden administration, the corporations and bankers to address the most immediate needs of the people, which include food security and hunger, housing relief and homelessness, healthcare and public health. We need to explore creative ways to engage people with solutions that can succeed which can spark the imagination and fuel a movement. Take the issue of housing and homelessness. There is no shortage of efforts on the part of nonprofits, community organizations, and local governments to build activism and or find solutions. What is missing though, is that broader political demand that embodies all those efforts and unites them behind a generalized movement. We can make that demand cancel the rents. This is what happened in the 1930s with communists integrated into various struggles around housing, fighting segregation, the fight for unemployment insurance and union rights. When the national revolt against racism took place this summer, there was a generalized movement to stop racist police terror, but there were many faces of that struggle united into one singular movement. Some addressed police reform, others defund or abolish the police, and yet others focused on other aspects of systemic racism in society. But we were all united under the umbrella that opened up when millions witnessed the brutal murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmed Arbery, and others this year and took to the streets by the millions. We need to demonstrate clearly that the struggle can succeed. And that is where the PSL can play an important role. We can create visibility around these campaigns and bring as many different atomized struggles together behind the barrier of cancel the rents. PSL has a cancel the rents working group and as Mari mentioned, is planning Bay Area actions on the weekend of January 30th and 31st. And it was dropped in the chat, the sign up to get more details on those actions when they are available. We can also explore ideas that are within the current system and can provide relief. And I just wanna mention a few possible examples. One is we could exercise eminent domain over vacant properties and units. Emergency Section 8 housing assistance could be provided for anybody whose income is below the mean for their city. And this could be done through HUD today. There could be mortgage financing at 0% through Fannie Mae with a two-year hiatus on payments for anybody who has lost income. That is doable. The Fed rate now is 0%. So why can't homeowners 
who are behind on their mortgage access that. And this could all be paid for by using commercial real estate transfer taxes in order to fund these programs. Ultimately, we will need a a socialist system to permanently guarantee these human rights. But we can make gains under this capitalist system if we fight for them. Now is the time to move. The elections are over, the need is great, and the solution is struggle. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can read more at liberationnews.org. You can follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Spreaker, and other podcast platforms. And follow us on social media at PSL Web.